Welcome. Bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So we, we like to start these conversations with something about the MLB. Uh, it's getting harder and harder. We're, yeah. I mean, it's, this is a normal doldrums time, and now it's major doldrums. So yeah. I trolled the MLB.com page. Um, I read the international prospects list because that's mm. where we're at. Red Sox, apparently, <laughs> Red Sox apparently did pretty well. I'd just also like to say that the Twins signed Ronald Acuna's younger brother. Always good. Always good to try. Yeah, because what are they... I would love to get, I'm not like dialed into that community's fan base as much anymore, but I'd like to hear like the logic of like, we're going to sign Ronald Acuna away from the Braves, right? That's part of this. Ooh, ooh, that, um, I'll accept that. You hadn't even that's thought a, about that that's one? That's a fanciful thought and I'm, I'm here I, for it. I, as I said, trying to get into the head of a Minnesota Twins fan. Uh, that's that's what I got on actual baseball, and I also noticed when you troll the MLB.com website that you get a little uh, CBA propaganda here talking about just just how much the MLB is trying to to meet, you know, trying to help those players that just don't know what's best for them. I I know I, I would just like listening to Be- Bezos on Amazon unionization unionization. It's like you, they don't understand how bad it is for them if they do this. Yeah, I think and and that's you get a little bit of that from MLB.com. Like, okay, you know, a little bit of like we're doing all the effort here. Uh, we delivered this idea to them, so we delivered an idea wherein we rake in money <laughs> and. The really important players in MLB, they they get to have money available to them. And then other players like, you know what? We don't need them. <laughs> yep, that um that that does come through. I think the the part of this article that I that I linked to that got me was is the very end when they're talk when they're talking about the possible expanded playoffs. And that that part really came through as like the players do not know what's best for them. We have this brilliant vision for how we're gonna make them play even more games <laughs> at the end of the year and uh it's gonna be good for our money <laughs> and the players yeah, should just go yeah, along yeah, yeah. with it they don't understand that we're in a big hole here from last year yeah it's it's tough isn't it because you're not exactly this is the whole problem every every time that these negotiations come up ever across every league it's like the billionaires want one thing and the millionaires want another yep. and so we as Joe Public are like just listening to the propaganda from both sides, mm-hmm. pointing fingers and, and hearing problems. And we want to, we want the product, right? I, we we want the product. We yes. want the baseball. We want the baseball for the fantasy baseball, for the pennants, for the um, daily fantasy, for whatever whatever it is. But geez, this is so annoying. Can you just wish? Especially baseball is the worst of them, in my opinion. Yep. In, in terms of like swimming through who do I care about? Absolutely. Let's talk about Book of Boba Fett. 
I've been pushing you to watch this. I resisted. I, and I'd just like to say, I think I was right. You were. You were for everything except for this. Our our chance to talk about this and say, why? What? Who? When? <laughs> All the questions. It's, it's, it is the vaguest tie-in to Star Wars that I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I know it's right, right. Because this is set. This is set in the world of Star Wars, and you see some characters' sets that you've seen before. But like, yeah, what? This is set in the world of Star Wars more than anything else so far, and like independent of Star Wars. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, that's that's the right way to say it. I think we we've seen three episodes. I'm basically just going to stick to the third episode because. I'm at least marginally more in than I was. I will say episode two, I was like, why is this an hour? What is happening in this episode? Like, You can't even keep the episodes the same length. I don't know if I'm signing up for a 30-minute show or hour show. I know. So the, I, it, was the, it was the motorcycle car chase in the third one, in the third episode, where I was like, why, why is this happening in the Star Wars universe? Like, this what is, is going on. What is going on? I think actually, and this no, that's not true. Because the second episode with the train robbery, I was like, "What is going on?" Like, we're trying to, we're, like, people are their high concept pitch appears to be, "What if this other movie idea happened in Star Wars?" Like, what ha- what if a train robbery happened in Star Wars? Like, and it, first of all, we already had that in Rogue One, and it was actually good, right? Or uh, Solo. In solo. solo, yeah, and it was, well, it was high production value with real actors. This was a little bit. They're too. This is a little bit Star Trekky, and that's going to be my ah, two no. words that I'm going to throw around. And I want to make sure to my to our audience. Sorry to Trek fans, your people too. Star Trek is not as good as Star Wars, and I used. Star Trek as an insult. And I also think of it as a video game kind mm. of thing. Like, this is uh, this is made to be a video game? And then we're seeing the cutscenes? Is that what it is? Mm. I guess this all comes down, and we'll wrap on this. I guess this all just comes down to, I would rather see more Mandalorian yeah. than this. And yeah. I'm mostly annoyed that this isn't Mandalorian. And there's no, mm-hmm. there's, it's basically just a, a, a strictly inferior product to Mandalorian right now. And I don't yes. like that. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. This, I don't, I don't exactly understand why it's not. You have, you have a superior character. Sure. Yeah. Not, well, you have a superior um, amount of backstory and opportunities with Boba Fett. Yeah. Than you have with, I don't even remember what the name, what Mando. And we're not, and we're like, we're undervaluing that to an extent that is extreme. Yeah, but they've stripped a lot of good stuff about Boba Fett away, right? Like, he doesn't have a ship. We haven't seen Slave One. So he barely uses a rifle. I mean, he's not jetpacking things. He's not, I mean, he's barely jetpacking things. I mean, you've taken away a lot of the. Boba Fett other than you gave us flashbacks and I you know I'm a major episode two apologist I enjoy seeing I enjoy uh, 
what, what's the name of the cloner's planet? Camino. Camino. I like that. You know, give me some more establishing shots of Camino. I'm, I'm all about that. No problems. But not the same one well, in every no, no, movie, no. in every episode twice. I would like to explore something a little different about that. But agreed. I, I, I agree. I like. I want. I, I want to know more about from episode two to episode five. Yeah. Then, then just like what we what we've got. Yeah. Yeah. He was a kid who had who, who held the hel- helmet of his father after he'd been beheaded. Like, okay, so so our solution, this is good because now we're going to end on like a possible solution to fix the show is not what happened to Boba Fett between the Sarlacc and when he appears in Mandalorian. But I'm more interested, like tell us more stories about what happened between episode three and episode five. Yeah. I mean, yep. he's what, 10? Yeah. And episode sure. two... And then the next time we see him, he it's what twenty years. So he's like thirty, maybe thirty three, yep. in his bird year. Yeah, and he's like a full fledged bounty hunter. How did he do that? Yeah, that's he's a clone. Like I, I don't know what, I don't know. I, we haven't even discussed that at all. Like how you live your your life, realizing like I'm not the first to me. <laughs> yeah, I I just I would way rather explore that. Then I would explore, this is how I got under the Sarlacc. All right, let's buzz through some EPL stuff. Previously, one pick canceled, Newcastle, uh, sorry, Burnley-Lester didn't happen. We missed on Newcastle-Watford because Watford scored an equalizer. Unbelievable. Uh, Man City-Chelsea, nail-biter, Man City pulls it out. Okay. Let's talk about upcoming uh, real, real picks here. I have a list of five... Is it five? Yeah, five that I'm interested in. Uh, maybe we can maybe we can chop this down. Looking at Burnley over Watford, Chelsea over Brighton, Leeds over Newcastle, Man City over Southampton. Oh, six. Brighton over Leicester, Chelsea over Tottenham. You like something here? Brighton over Leicester. A gutsy pick. That was my gutsy pick of the week. I don't like that. Well one. then, then get rid of it. But I don't like it the other way. I don't think Leicester's going to win that game. So I I kind of didn't know. What happened? I thought it was a little bit of a toss-up. So, are Chelsea playing this week? They're playing two games, two EPL games this week: Brighton, Chelsea, Chelsea, both. Tottenham. Oh, okay. So they're both they're both playing two games this week. I like this one. I like Chelsea versus. Oh, that one feels good. That one feels good. We could do double on Chelsea. I think double on. Ch- I think we should. Gonna... I think we should double on Chelsea. This Leeds versus Newcastle. Yes. Feels good, right? Yes. Feels good. Yes. I don't I don't actually yeah, they got a point. They must be happy. I don't actually like Burnley Watford and I you know, Southampton Man City is kind of whatever. It'd be really depressing if Man City just didn't show up and they drew it, right? Yeah. So all right, we're in. We figured it out. Let's talk about a little bit on updating agent based modeling. Um, we're gonna kick around a little bit of a wish list. I'm gonna also verify that we have fully reproducible results at this point there you go it's well that's a weird thing to say with agent-based modeling <laughs> well, uh yeah well once you save the state you know well not, you know <laughs> computers nothing's ever truly random right if we put in the same random number right. seed we'd get the same results out that's all i'm saying oh i guess we could 
Oh, you, oh, you add these things for me to do and you don't list them anywhere. I, I need a can. Okay, we'll put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to put that in there because actually we should be setting manually our random number seed at the beginning of this because okay. then we'd be guaranteed to get the same. We could get the same draft twice. Okay. Yeah, good. I literally just thought yeah, of that right now. So, you know, don't get mad at me for not giving you this list. <laughs> Random number seed. This is okay. why we have these meetings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. But the actual big update from the week, well, a few big updates. On my side, you pushed uh, a saved draft, which is what we talked about last week. I pulled the yep. draft down. You you were not confident that this was going to be reproducible immediately. It is. I pulled it down. I read it into Pandas looked at what's what's in the df here what's in the data frame and mm. seems perfect as far as i can tell and i just ran a simple test application pushed it back in case you didn't see it uh so there's nope. some okay well i, I pushed back a simple test application to read it in nice. blah, blah blah um so we're good to go as far as i can tell on reproducing values reproducing stats from drafts that's awesome i mean it that's you know, this is what I keep on saying on the agile project management approach. You need to just get a thing. Yep. And then you need to do, you need to iterate another loop and then get a thing and then continue to, to do it. And, you know, as I've said before, it's just like Westworld. You know, you just start iterating and then all of a sudden you have fucking robots. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's wait. Let's, so let's, let's, let's make sure that we, we, we go back here. Um, and if someone were to, re- listen to this out of order. All right. So right now we're working on creating synthetic drafts, picking of players through an agent-based modeling approach. Agent-based modeling approach is where you create agents, finger quotes here, that make choices. So instead of us putting fitting a line through a bunch of data, we're saying, well, these are how the different agents would interact. Uh, would um, not interact. This is how the different agents will see the world in which we're putting them into this modeling environment. And then we see how they interact. So in a synthetic drafting environment, we're saying, well, what if one agent is looking at only preseason values and then one agent is looking at only the values of right now? Um, And then both of them are forecasting in their own way. And, and who, who ends up doing better? And then what is the interaction that creates a draft? A draft. So each agent is a manager. Each draft is a draft. Now, to date, we were working, originally we were working just in, um, just with pitchers. And then now we spread out and we've changed it. So now we can draft either hitters or pitchers. One day we'll be able to marry the two of them. Quantum mechanics and theory of, of uh, relativity <laughs> that's right <laughs> if if you will and so this latest round last week i was able to add batters and then i put together the start of an application and then i realized there's a whole lot of this in memory you have to run it and it takes hours to run thousands of drafts which is what we want to do to create a big enough sample and now we have I did that. It took 12 hours to run 1,000 drafts, um, pretending that we're redrafting every single week of the MLB season from week four to week 18 or something like that. 
and now saving out the results of those thousand drafts for each week. Fourteen thousand drafts. <laughs> Fourteen thousand drafts. Yeah. Like how could you get a room full of people to be able to do like mock drafts like that? You can't I think I mean that that was an amazing summary and you ended at just the right place. Yeah, because it's exactly why to construct this. Okay, so yeah, fourteen thousand drafts. What can we do with that? Let's start at the start. Let's scrutinize pick number one. Oh, really? Oh, I, I didn't even do. I didn't even do that. I actually was like, where are specific players being taken? When we talked last week, I had, I had given it to you, and then you said, okay, well, I want to take a look at the first picks to just see like how often are, is the predominant first pick picked, and I printed out the the people that were picked first. And it was kind of interesting because when I did it w- mm-hmm. with 100 players, there were a few weeks where Fernando Tatis was the only yeah. one picked first. Yeah. And then you go up to 1,000, and that's where the stochasticity comes in. And there's like, well, Trey Turner has to be picked sometime, <laughs> right? First. Some dude, some agent, 007, let's call him. <laughs> we'll, we'll pick somebody. Yeah. But now you took that. You, you've taken the data that I put together for the – 14,000 drafts, and you took a look at a couple of players. A little bit more interesting than just pick number one. Well, I, I don't know if they're more interesting, but I, I think this is this is next-level gut check of what's going on here. Yeah. So let's talk about Shohei Otani and Ozzy Albies um, in this. And just looking at these distributions, you I, I'm actually struggling to figure out how to quantify the amount of information in this plot. So the, the distributions, the colors are different weeks. So you kind of see, okay, if I were to do this by eye, I think there's actually kind of two modes here. There's one where where Shohei Otani is picked at pick 10 in a week, roughly, on average, and then other weeks where he's picked 25 on average. And it's like kind of two different distributions that I see just doing this by eye. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's kind of, yeah, I mean, that's, I see, I that's kind that. of interesting. I mean, is that, that could be an example of some sort of emergent behavior in my mind. It's like, okay, well, you either value Shohei Otani this much or you value him this much as, as people picking him. Like, did he do it? Right. Well, did he do enough to go at pick number 10 this week? This is sort of, uh, this is also, you will send, so we, we have two mm-hmm. good examples, Ozzy Albies and, um, and Shohei Otani, who, over the course of the season, were top fantasy mm, contributors, mm. but regularly were outside the top twenty. Um, Shohei even more than um, yeah than Albies. I know now. Now we have a little bit of weirdness on on the pitching thing, but let's not. We're not going to deal with that right now. But you're right. What is the? Where are the distributions of of the picking? I have been thinking about this this as well, and then. Does this go back into kind of our archetype of, of different players? Do, can this go back into our archetype of different players? Of like hmm. a a certain batter, Albies. You wouldn't think of the two of these that Albies would have more picks within the top 10. But I think it's pretty clear that he does. Just looking at the Y-axis numbers, he has more picks in the top 10 than, than Shoei. But you wouldn't have said that, right? No, no. I mean, it's, on the weak disaggregate level, there's some interesting stuff. I mean, it's basically saying that there's there's at least one week where you'd be dumb to pick Albies outside of the top five. Yeah, and Shohei doesn't have doesn't have a single like one week like that. 
who was higher at the end of the season? That's a great question. You're saying like who had the higher mean draft pick? Yeah. No, no, no. Who at the end of the season had a better who had better season at the end of the year? Ozzy Albies was number sixteen, and Otani was number four. But Ooh. the way the drafts work, Ooh. you went. That's what I was saying. I, I was sort of surprised by that. Sixteen to number four. Shohei was, was regularly drafted Ooh. later. So this is Ewell Simpson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. In the sense that if you if you were able to pick Shohei at his sort of median draft pick every week, you would have cleaned up relative to the Albies guy. The guy, exactly. who the guy who picked Albies when he was when they thought he was good and didn't pick Albies when he thought he so was what does bad. that mean? Yeah. What is that telling us? What tells you the thing about fantasy? <laughs> it makes it so this is why fantasy is is difficult. Is it and this is why we're focusing on this right now. Even if you pick the best players according to the end of the season, you might not win every yeah. week. Yeah. You yeah. are increasing your likelihood of winning by picking the right guys, but having a good strategy on any given week is important well we talked we talked about this other validation scheme that i think we should kick around for a minute here which was what happens how do, how do we verify that what in a week where you picked a guy that you got value from that guy yeah and I, I think we do want to do that check not just because i want it to result in a a burn factor <laughs> where each player is like you know, where you're like, well, I got burned by this player in a previous week, so I'm never picking them again. And I do think I do yeah. think there are going to be agents like that. But just because I'm, I'm curious about quantifying things like we're talking about with Otani versus Albies of, well, if you repeatedly picked Otani, you're going to get higher value than if you repeatedly picked Albies. How do we and right. we, we need some we need some metric for that. I don't know what it is yet. We need. Yeah, we need some metric to be like this guy you would think could be well, it's like the gambler's fallacy i guess in a way <laughs> yeah. as well of like this guy had a really good week last week and he sh- should be the one that i want to draft this week but i have a history with him that says that sometimes he shits yeah and and we know that that's a thing that agents in real life do <laughs> so we should inject it into the system i mean yeah. you, you have guys like that i have guys like that where it's like, oh, I have guys that I see, and I'm like, I do not, I don't want to deal with you. Yeah, I mean, we might be the guys that are zagging on the Tatis pick, right? Because we're like, this is the week he gets injured, <laughs> or something, you know? Right. I I can't or I can't deal with trying to figure out whether or not Tatis is going to be in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. So like, so give me Trey Turner, <laughs> like, yeah, give me someone I can put in there and not deal have to worry yeah. about. I think that about brings us to the review session. Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt Jr., we are talking about a pure minor league player for the first time in one of these, in one of these review sessions. Yep. So we have no, I have no major league stats to give you. So I guess I'll give you these numbers, but, you know, decide if it means something to you <laughs> or not. Um, in 2021, he played for the Omaha Storm Chasers, Triple A, widely expected basically to appear for the Royals now, <laughs> like soon. Um, Mm -hmm. He played in 62 games in that he's got 285 plate appearances. Let's see, you know, what do do these mean? 55 runs, 17 home runs, feels like a lot, I guess, 46 RBIs. But the number that you want to talk about, you know, consistent, he's got 15 stolen bases over the year. I mean, these are consistent high numbers um, and a 285 batting average. Seeing a little bit of a decline in batting average as he climbs through the 
through the numbers here, climbs through the the leagues. But whoa, whoa, whoa! He so he played in two different. Yeah, he played double A and triple. So it's twenty nine over the course of the year. Yeah, it's I, the same year. Should, okay, yeah, we got to figure out how to talk about minor league players. Do speed. we lump their whole season together? <laughs> Or did they have two separate seasons that they played? Hard to know. I mean, we, you know, this this is actually a glaring weakness for us in general, is that I think we could be better at picking these AAA guys to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah, we probably have to just, we or or we have to completely punt it. You know, the um, the elf. I, I don't think we can. Crack team, what do we do? We steal it. You know? I don't think we and, can punt it. I mean, maybe we have to go to Smile <laughs> and, and take a look at what I don't think we doing. can punt it. I watched some of his YouTube highlights, which is not my preferred medium to watch a player. No. But it's clear. No. And, you know, we've done this before. When you, go to, when you go to minor league games and you see a guy that people talk about as a high prospect and you're like, oh, you're good. <laughs> like, like, you're you're better oh, yeah, you than the people on this field. You went to a minor yeah, league. exactly. Yeah, you went to a minor league game. You said Devers was like, head and shoulders above everybody and then and i was like what about Moncado?" and you're like oh yeah no he was good too <laughs> but i think but you see i mean you see people you it's i feel like it's more apparent at minor league you're like whoa why is this guy playing with these other guys and it, it absolutely is and like when i used to go to the salt lake city bees games and you'd see a guy, and he'd just be in there, and they're just like a way about, yeah. there's like a calmness and like a professionalism about them. And then you'd look at them, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's he had an injury. He's coming yeah. back, and he's just doing some tune-up. And, and then there'd be another guy, and you're like, and you'd be like, oh, that is a reliever that I has been on the edge of being a closer a couple of times, but he's late in his yeah. career, and he's just like he's taking a step down. There is such a difference in those players, and then also the ones on the way up. Whereas, like I remember watching Andrew Heaney and, mm. and being like, "That's a real pitcher." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so there, there is something very cathartic, I guess, about watching minor league players. And so watching him, I got that same vibe. You know, watching these YouTube. Of course, they're playing the Saints in in most of the YouTube videos here, and like. Like oh this guy this guy's you know taking these pitchers deep he's he's spraying the ball to all corners of the field I watched an inside the park home run which I'll watch inside the park home runs every day always good always you know? good and and that was the thing that really cemented like oh yeah this is a Royals type player where they're gonna get a whole bunch of speed and I guess his key question is always gonna be can he get on base <laughs> which it seems like I don't know I you like see him you see. And you think, like, on a good team, on a good team, he could be really dangerous. But he's on the Royals. But he's on the Royals. He's on the wrong team. I think, I mean, this is, you know, part of the reason that I wanted to talk about him, he did get picked round one, number two overall in 2019. So this is the the type of guy that you would expect to keep an eye on. Yeah. And I think most people think that he's going to appear in the majors. I probably, you know, they'll probably manipulate playing time or whatever. But... They thought that he would appear last year, and he didn't yeah. because the Royals are such a mess. So, I I mean, I would say that in terms of late-round flyers, you, again, could probably do worse in some leagues where you have a little bit of flexibility than picking. Yeah. If he's around really late and you feel like your team has a good starting lineup, I'd do it. Um, he might not be there, though. I mean, some someone might reach for him. And don't get If you're in a... Um, auction league don't get in a bidding war no no absolutely not but 
if he doesn't get picked in the draft, he should be at the top of your waiver wire planning list. Yeah, you should be watching him. I would say. So, yeah. you know, there, there's a couple different ways you could go. Like maybe you like somebody, maybe you like a list of guys better at the end of the draft, but this is one of those guys that you should that we should keep an eye on. And I'm telling Absolutely. myself this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's the same. Cuz this same. this is the guy that Don't I would forget miss. Bobby Witt. This is a guy that I would miss completely in yeah. under other circumstances. He comes up and he immediately has 20 stolen base upside, no matter what the other stats are. I think so. I mean, and he's he doesn't not hit home runs either. They look a little weird, like when I watch them. <laughs> like, I think look... that he needs to have a talk with a professional hitting coach. <clears throat> I hope it doesn't mess up whatever he can do. Do the Royals have a professional hitting coach? Don't know. <laughs> okay, just thought I'd check. Quick, quick aside, Royals are they in the bottom five? Like, are they or in, are they in the top five most mocked by this podcast? Oh yeah, absolutely. Royals, absolutely. Mets. It's be, it's because they have players that we like, and they keep getting marooned on that team. Yeah, they they have like on average, I would say at any given time, they have one player that we're like, whoa, this is somebody to keep an eye on, and the they other have, eight are like yeah. garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have guys on the team that we like. Yeah, they just can't really put it together. They put it together for that one year. Two years, one World Series, lost yeah, another and, one. And they and they wrecked, you know, changed the entirety of the pitching blueprint for MLB. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can tie, I think you can draw a direct line from what's happening in pitching in MLB now to the Royals winning the World Series. Yeah. Where they had one, not even ace, they had one guy who could get in over 200 innings and be <laughs> yeah. very good pitcher and then a bullpen that was lights out. Yep. What are we doing next week? Well, I thought we would keep this prospect thing going. We're going to talk about a guy that I've never seen before, C.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams? I know. But he's, <laughs> he's scheduled to appear in the MLB this year, so I guess we should probably know something about him. Sounds good. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.